American Craftsman Podcast is proud to partner with Montana Brand Tools. The West was built by people with strength and great pride in their workmanship. It was a necessity that early settlers of Montana have a strong will, a resilient character, and great determination to tame the rugged landscape while adapting to its dramatic climate. That spirit, made in the USA pride and craftsmanship, is alive today, both in how Montana Brand Tools are manufactured and how they perform. Montana Brand Power Tool accessories are manufactured utilizing proprietary, state-of-the-art CNC machining equipment and the highest quality materials available. Montana Brand Tools are guaranteed for life to be free of defects in material and workmanship because we build these tools with pride and determination. Montana Brand Tools are manufactured by Rocky Mountain Twist, located in Ronan, Montana. Montana Brand's heritage comes from a long line of innovative power tool accessories. Use coupon code American Craftsman for 10% off your order at MontanaBrandTools.com. Okay. After a little camera trouble. Yeah. A little audio trouble. We're here. With nothing but trouble. Episode 46 <laughs> of the American Craftsman Podcast. Yeah, welcome everybody. Yeah, welcome. We got look, we got a, a sheet again this week. Three pages even. We didn't have one last week. Yeah. So welcome to the show. If you're listening. Sure, you've listened before, so yeah. This introduction thing here, probably, yeah. probably just nix that off the sheet. Yeah. What? What does that really encompass? The introduction. Um. Well, you know, we had someone who was a little slow on the team before. <laughs> <laughs> kind of had to spell everything out. <laughs> had a hard time saying "American Craftsman Podcast." Yeah. American Podcast and Craftsman. Yeah. I what did you used to call it? Um. The American podcast, the, you yeah. know. It'd be like one of those uh, reels at the end of a TV show or a movie where mm-hmm. they show somebody that can't say their line. Yeah, the buttery, flaky crust guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the best. That's one of the best blooper reels ever. When yeah. the lady takes over and she can't do it, mm-hmm. that's hysterical. Typical. Yeah. <laughs> well... Let's get into the beer of the week, right? Yeah, baby. Let me uh, bust out the camera. We got we got real B roll coming soon. Yeah, yeah. All right, hit it. You're, it's your beer, oh, so. That's right. Well, here we go. We got Grand Cacao from. How do you say that? Is it Trogues? Trogues. Yeah, Trogues, and they're in they're in Pennsylvania, I believe. Yep. Um, it's. This one really piqued my interest. Went to the new ShopRite today. Yeah, baby. I'm a ShopRite <laughs> man. You guys know that. And uh, that store, the just a liquor store, was as big as a regular grocery store. Um, and they got a nice little blurb on here. Welcome to Grand Cacao. This deliciously decadent stout is built on a foundation of rich chocolate malt, caramel malt, and roasted barley. Cold steeping on Peruvian cacao nibs mm. and natural vanilla doubles down on the smooth symphony of chocolate and a splash of milk sugar delivers a velvety sweet and creamy finish. I mean, how could you resist wow. that? Right? So Keith from 2-Bit gave us this awesome bottle opener, but <laughs> we left it at the we shop. We don't have it, so I got this uh, Outer Banks gift shop. <laughs> Three ninety nine <laughs> with the with the sticker still on there. Made in China. Oh no! <laughs> can he do? Can he operate the camera? I'm pretty sure he can. There you go. Thank you. We gotta get the pour in there. Oh yeah. 
Get some audio on that pour. If you like this glass, you too can have one. Either by uh, purchasing it on our website or about, what, two weeks? Two weeks from now, August 7th at 2.30 p.m., we'll be having a meetup at the Belford Brewing Company in Belford, New Jersey. And we have 36 of these glasses, so if you're there and uh, you're hanging out, you're going to be drinking beer out of one of these, and you can, uh, you know, take the glass home when you leave. Yeah, we're looking forward to putting some faces with names and, of course, just getting to hang out with some of the people we've recently met through the podcast. Yeah. Um, and just having a good old time, hanging out, relaxing, drinking some beer. We've got a, about a more foam than beer here. <laughs> Come on yeah, now. It's going to take you a while to get through that one. Come on. My nose doesn't really work that well, which is defies its size, but. <laughs> What's the ABV on this? 6.5. That's not bad for, uh, you know, these kind of um, chocolate stouts and stuff a lot of times are, are up there. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to dive through this. All right. Cheers. Cheers to you and cheers to all you out there. Mm. That's tasty. Something a little different for the uh, summertime. Yeah. Yeah, I'm digging that. Grand cacao. I always like to take a nice deep swallow the first time. You know, you get that. See, now you drink this. You're, you're like Guinness. Yeah. And you always have people who are like, you know, people who aren't. Big beer drinkers are like, Guinness is so heavy. No, it's the opposite. I mean, that, that and this isn't even a good example of like a heavy beer. Um, but you can tell the difference just between something like this yeah. and a Guinness. I mean, Guinness yeah. is like water. It is. Uh, I mean, when we were in Vegas hanging out at that Irish pub, I, I can't remember where it was. It was probably on the bar somewhere where they instructed you how to drink Guinness. Like, you're supposed to drink it down Three to... Three sips or something. Yeah. Um, the first one was down to a certain point on the, the logo on the glass. Mm-hmm. And it's true. It's it's almost like drinking a glass of water. Yeah, it's it's thin and mm-hmm. it's just dark really in color. Yeah, yeah. The taste is a little bit, like, has a little bit of that chocolate malt kind of yeah. taste, but not really. No, I, I, I like a Guinness. Um that was part of what led me to try one of these. Plus, we've had a lot of, like, hazy IPAs yeah, lately, yeah. so I wanted to mm-hmm. mix it up a little. Yeah, I remember you were doing those Irish car bombs in Las Vegas. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that was at the AVN Awards. Yeah. <laughs> How we stumbled into the AVN. <laughs> now, was that some kind of... Uh, Somebody stumbled ahead of career-ending injury there, too. That's right. The stars aligned. We were going to um, the fine woodworking. Fine home building. Fine home building. They were having, and which wound up being really the nicest event of the whole week we were there. Yeah, we weren't cool enough to get invited to any of the, uh, you know, 
no any of the parties or anything. No. This we actually had to pay pay for. Right. But it, it went to charity. And it happened to be at the Hard Rock, which I heard got torn down yeah. and rebuilt. And at the very same time, they were having some... Uh, the Adult a, Video... <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the N stands for. Network or something. Awards. Yeah. <laughs> so you so, can imagine. <laughs> woodworkers and porn stars... And all the hangers on. Yeah, a bunch oh, of creepers. Yeah, there were there were some creepy folks hanging on there. Mm-hmm. And uh yes, that that was a career ending injury that night. Yeah. Uh uh for the Voldemort of the group. That's what happens when you're you know, you don't listen to doctor's orders. No. Yeah. Anywho, we got a tool of the week. Yeah. I think you guys are going to be pleasantly surprised with this one. Not something that we've ever talked about before in the podcast. <laughs> Everybody knows that we are pencil aficionados. Oh, yeah. Freaks. Whatever you want to call it. So we're constantly on the search. And so if you've been following us on Instagram, you know that uh, we that uh, Keith from Blackthorn has been doing some work with us. He's, yep been seeing seeing these things for us mm-hmm. and it was a really great surprise he left these for us in the shop and we had both kind of eyed these pencils it's a it's a graph gear 1000 by pentel it's made in japan forgetting my b-roll already yeah and um what separates and now we were both pentel users but what separates this one from the others is that the little clip that holds it on to your apron, when you click it, it brings in and retracts the lead and the little, um, what would you call that little ferrule? That yeah, I don't know if they call that the barrel. Yeah, uh, no, bar- I guess the the barrel is that the part that sort of you know holds the lead at the base, which is always breaking when you're shoving it into a, a leather apron like we have. Uh-huh. Yeah, retract that. Um, We need a macro lens So this was a real game changer And I took to it immediately Yeah, me too And Um, uh, I was kind of a hater on this pencil (laughs) Just And I never had one But just looking at it online And like It just looked a little over the top And sort of more flash than uh, It looked like it was form over function But you know, and then when you get like the little muscle memory of you know clicking it and yeah. um, retracting it, and because you retract it and sort of pull out the spring clip at the same time. See me, I don't, I never retract it. Yeah, I always retract it because I was constantly jamming stuff into the end of my mm-hmm. pencil and breaking it. So I want to thank um, Keith. Yeah, thanks, Keith. We gotta have Keith on in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Let's see if he can get free himself up on a Tuesday. Yeah, I'm sure he could. Yeah. Uh, and there you go. We got another pencil. So now I've got like three expensive pencils just sitting on the bench. Yeah. Because it's been replaced with this Pentel. I like the little uh, rubber thing. Yeah, on the barrel. yeah. Because um, I like the Graph Gear 500, and I like the weight of it, and this weight's very similar. But the graph gear is just knurled, mm-hmm. and uh, it can get a little slippery sometimes, you know. This pencil's a real winner. Yeah. I, I know we obsess about this thing, but... They're going to have to change the yellow color, though. Yeah. 
um, to green. Yeah. There's nothing that gets used more than the pencil. Yeah, the humble pencil. So we are, we're finicky about our tapes, our pencils, and, you know, the amount of layout tools. Yeah. <laughs> we're finicky Speaking about. of tapes, I'm the newest winner of the stair giveaway on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> he wins everything. I know. You got to be in it to win it. <laughs> That's right. You got to be in it to win it. Yeah. I forget what it, what my comment was. They wanted to know. Oh yeah, what what's a project that you used your Starit tape measure on? I said, I use my Starit Exact sixteen foot tape measure on every project because accuracy <laughs> matters. Of course, he won with that. <laughs> I knew too when I sent it in. I'm like, this is pretty good. Yeah, simple to the point. Yeah, but it's true. Yes, it is. And you do use it on everything. Yeah, I got one a couple feet away. Yeah, you got one tape. You're a one tape man. Although you have multiples of that same one tape. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there might, there's about a dozen of them floating around. Me on the other hand. One of each. <laughs> That's it. I'm constantly on the hunt. Yeah. I've settled with the stare. Yeah. yeah. I I think next year when we um, take our vacation, mm-hmm. I'm going to send my apron back to um, Calavera. I'm going to have them put like a little bit of like a, like a half circle cutout. Where I reach in for my tape measure, fish it out a little bit easier. You need a hole at the bottom, and you put your finger in and push the tape yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. That's like what my Occidental has. I'll ask him to do that, too. Um, but other than that, I was shocked at what my apron looks like now compared to when I yeah. got it. It's only been a year, but we put those things through hard use. Yeah. And um, last week... It was Wednesday. It was the day after the podcast when we were working in Newark. Oh, Lord. And we're in our aprons, and it was 100. Yours was a whole other color. <laughs> it was went from white to brown. It was like 110 degrees there. 600% humidity. No air moving in a giant cinder block building. <laughs> the, all, everything was just soaking wet. Every, yeah. We were just dripping wet. Water running off your elbows kind of wet. Yeah, that was rough. Then we went to go see Tommy G, and it was like... Yeah. Like, excuse our appearance. We, uh, <laughs> yeah. We've just been working in a building all day. We Our fingers were literally starting to get wrinkled, like when you're in yeah. the pool too long. Mm-hmm. Boy, that was a good one. Uh, I, I can't believe that was only a week ago. I know. Not Well, yeah, not even six days ago. Yeah, yeah. We got a, a new little segment um, this week, the listener tip of the week. Yeah, yeah. This is from our buddy Corey at uh, CT Woodwork. Corey, tentatively, I know, is going to come to the uh, the meetup. I won't say for sure because I don't want to, uh, you know, box him in. But yeah. he said he's coming. So if I'd you love wanna, to meet him. If you uh, if you don't give a shit about us and you want to meet Corey, you can meet him at, the, <laughs> at our meetup. There you go. There's a sales pitch. Um. So Corey uh, wrote in about this last week. He said, if you have a cut, grab some yarrow plant and put it on the cut with some tape. It naturally stops bleeding, is a natural pain reliever, and natural antiseptic. I now have two yarrow plants or yarrow, Y-A-R-R-O-W, plants in front of my shop. So someone that he was doing work for gave him this tip. Yeah, we got to do that. We got to plant those. Yeah, I don't even, I'll be honest, I meant to look it up this morning when I was writing this out. 
as yeah, to we'll what um see what it looks like it even looks like yarrow plant um but we got plenty of spot we could have those flower boxes on the house it looks looks huh. vaguely familiar doesn't look at all like i imagined i was imagining almost something like look more like a succulent flowering plant in the family of asteraceae And what do you use the the flowering part or the stem or? I don't know. Yarrow plant uses. Yarrow is an herb, or a herb depending on where you're from. Mm -hmm. The above ground parts are used to make medicine. Yarrow is used for fever, common cold, hay fever, absence of menstruation, mm. dysentery, diarrhea, loss of appetite, gastrointestinal tract discomfort. And to induce sweating. <laughs> we usually don't need help with the last one. <laughs> Some people chew the fresh leaves to relieve toothache. Hmm. Wow. Yarrow's most ancient use is in healing the skin. Yarrow has antimicrobial and pain-relieving traits and is wonderful for soothing skin that is prone to irritations. It is also deeply nourishing and restorative. It aids in healing broken capillaries and is ideal for sensitive skin as well as problematic skin. I wonder where we can get some. How do you use yarrow for wo for wounds? Wound aid for animals. What? What is this? BuckMountainBotanicals.net. <laughs> Don't trust any of these sources that I'm reading <laughs> off of, by the way. This is all entertainment only. <laughs> That's right. Your mileage may vary. Yeah. Some blah, blah, blah. Harvested in full bloom, dried and powdered, it is liberally, liberally applied to open bleeding, oozing, and otherwise raw wounds. Is yarrow good for hair? Yarrow is a beneficial ingredient for all hair types, and regular use of yarrow in hair care has been shown to promote healthy hair growth, mm. soothe scalp inflammation, remove buildup, and reduce hair loss. Yeah, I'm going to rub some on my top of my head. Looks like it'll basically do anything. Yarrow emotional benefits. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the flavonoids and alkaloids in yarrow tea may alleviate symptoms of depression and anxiety. With sources, studies demonstrate the plant-based alkaloids, like those in yarrow tea, reduce the secretion of corticosterone, a hormone that's high during chronic stress. So yarrow does just about everything, as you Is said. Is yarrow a sedative? Yarrow may act as a sedative as well. Antacids and other medications that decrease stomach acids, such as H2 blockers and proton pump inhibitors. Yarrow may increase stomach acid and therefore decrease the effectiveness of antacids. Hmm. I wonder if yarrow is in any of these medications or some sort of synthetic version of yarrow. You know how, like, the pharmaceutical companies, they'll... Yeah, they're taking those alkaloids and... Right, they'll harness something that's natural and make a synthetic version of it really cheaply. Yep. That was a great tip. And yeah. something I definitely want to check into further. I want to see if there's like a nursery or something like that nearby. Yeah. It doesn't look anything at all like I imagine. By Yarrow. I mean, I Plants hope you don't have to plant it from online. a seed. Is this on like a DEA uh, ban list? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just by looking that up. Does Yarrow be... <laughs> plant make you hallucinate? Um... Perennial. Oh, it's a perennial. That's cool. Yeah. 
You can order it for uh, $4.89 at tennessenursery.net. Mm. Probably comes in like a little baggie like the when you go to the Auburn Day Foundation. Color, white, uh, bloom, spring, summer, under three feet, drought tolerant, flowering, ponds and watering gardens. Oh, we got one of those. Ships year-round. We ship bare root plants, which are dormant in a wintertime state and have no pretty foliage, blooms, or greenery. But they will bloom out in the following spring after they are planted and be beautiful. This is why we offer a one-year warranty to show our customers their plants will thrive come spring. All right. We could do a whole podcast just on Yarrow. I know. We better get into these questions because uh, we've been babbling on for 20 minutes about Yarrow. And pens. Um, you know what I didn't do was mix these questions up, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, because look at this first question here. Yeah. What writing utensils do you use in the shop? I have a regular lead pencil, pen, marker, carpenter's pencil, and a white lead pencil. Also, thanks for last week's response to the podcast. Oh, you're very welcome. It has really helped me a lot. And that's from Jack Thornton, 98 on Instagram. Our pleasure, Jack. Yeah. We, uh, we wouldn't have a podcast without everybody's questions, so it's <laughs> so our pleasure to answer them. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I mean, we, we kind of just talked about this a little bit, but, I mean, we're both using that GraphGear 1000. I also use the GraphGear 500. Um, I have BIC permanent marker, mm-hmm. not a not a Sharpie. They were, like, on sale at ShopRite, two for 99 cents, like, I don't even know. Uh, yeah. Two years ago, and I bought, like, a dick load of them. There's a, there's a bunch of them in the shop. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty good. Yeah, they're, like, a really fine point, and they uh, they stink to high heaven. It's, like, some sort of um, solvent-based kind of thing or something. Um, and then, yeah, I have a white lead pencil. That's really it. We keep pens yeah. around for, like, writing checks, but. Yeah. I, I have a red lead pencil. Mm-hmm. It's it's handy on on half of the things and not so much on the other half, but that's that's it. I can't I have two pencils: my regular pencil, my red pencil, and lately um, I've had that um, Pika fine tip marker mm. that was gifted to us from uh, Rich. Yeah, M. yeah, um, and that's really uh, that's really about it. Basically, do everything with pencil. I mean, yeah squint on some of the darker woods but <laughs> yeah like this appealy sometimes you got to turn it a little bit to get yeah. the angle right we might use like a lumber crayon when we're doing like super rough marking and layout mm-hmm. but we don't hold that in our aprons or anything uh so. let's see we got one here from uh one of our patrons Woe check this is coming in from youtube what has been the most violent disagreement? <laughs> I think he means violent and more the maybe verbal. Yeah. Uh, violent disagreement you have ever had at a job site with a client or another crew. <laughs> I don't have anything jumping out to me immediately. Yeah. The only time I ever got into any kind of heated uh, argument was at uh, Long Branch. Mm-hmm. It was the it was the day uh, that I told Tom if he leaned something against my bench, <laughs> I was going to snap him in half. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like that I might think, have re- precipitated my firing. <laughs> yeah, many months later. 
I was gonna say, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> you probably had some some harsh words. Yeah, for Tom, <laughs> those are probably the the, uh, the harshest ones, you know, because um, most people are reasonable. <laughs> yeah, Tom had this way of really getting, you know, to your last nerve. Yeah, and bring out the very worst in you because mm -hmm. these are things you know we laugh about them but it's not something you're proud of when you get to that point you always want to be able to take the high road yeah yep um but he, he certainly had that ability to to sort of uh just needle you away off. at you yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's funny uh because i was i was uh, on the gear page which is like this guitarist musician kind of thing and somebody was talking about uh, band disagreements, which are basically, you know, like a bunch of teenage boys always. <laughs> in a spat. Yeah, in a spat. There's no uh, emotional uh, maturity involved at all. And this one uh, guy, he uploaded like a little video, and his drummer <laughs> just flips out because he lost his glasses and attacks the, the guitar player and the drum set the guitar player picks up a cymbal stand oh my god <laughs> so anyway it happens all over anytime you get a bunch of people in the same room yeah. people are going to lose their temper sometimes people go aggro um but uh yeah, that's a that's a that's a funny question yeah i would like to hear from Wojcik. Yeah. Usually, if you have a question like that, yeah, he's leading a little bit. Yeah, you have a a story. Look at this next one. How apropos. Uh, all right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you brand your pieces with a branding iron or a signature? I brand my pieces and a serial number. That's from Corey CT Woodwork. Well, we actually just finally ordered a branding iron. Yeah. Um, on Saturday or Sunday. So we should have in about a week. Um, those watch the watch flower box. We're gonna be building a couple more, and one um, is gonna go to to a pretty high profile uh, client, um, somebody who who you would know, like if I said their name, like a like a top of the A list yeah. celebrity. He's an A list celebrity. Yeah, and like at the like an a double a, a plus list. Like he's. Yeah, we're not talking about uh, well, I don't know. He's current, you know. He's yeah. he's somebody who's who's current. So, so I said, this box ain't going to this guy. Yeah, without <laughs> some kind of green branding streak. on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because that's just a, you know, a, a total missed opportunity. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, we ordered it from um. Shit, what is the, let me see here, because I'll give them a little plug, custom branding iron, made in California, um, is this the one? Branding Irons Unlimited. Ah, cool, they got a nice website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're in, uh, Canoga Park, California. Not cheap. No. Not cheap in the least bit. Um, paid about five hundred bucks. Yeah, for a good heavy duty, um, strong heating you know, electric. Element. Yeah, plug in sort of deal. So we'll see. Excited to get it. But we yeah. do. You know, I, I like to write Green Street Joinery in the year. Um, 
on stuff since we don't have a branding iron. Yeah. Like put it in an inconspicuous place on the bottom and the back that you won't see. Um, but if somebody, you know, pulls the thing out 25 years from now or 50 right. years from now, they'll see. It's always fun. Like when we find stuff like that, we really enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, yep. Um, so we like to kind of keep that tradition going. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, you know, it's wild how appropriate the questions are from always, week to week. Always. Um, today was the pencil, mm-hmm. the branding iron. Yep. Um, it's It's amazing. And then even like the one, not this next one, but the one after that. <laughs> All right. Um, you want to read the next one? Yeah, uh, we got another one from Corey because I, I forgot to mix these up. Um, how long do you guys keep finished samples around after a project is done with? Uh, Corey, CT Woodwork on Instagram. Well, there's probably about a dozen up in that little cabinet that you built, yep. that little Sapili sample cabinet mm-hmm. um, that we've not really referenced since we put them up there. Um, but yeah. they're handy to have. We, uh, I mean, a lot of times we don't even make a finished sample. No, we say we're going to, but. Yeah, like it's in the scope of work, but <laughs> the people just kind of just trust our judgment. Um, so if they want it, we'll make it. Yeah. And usually it just goes to them and we never get it back because we don't even right. want it. You right. know, what do you, okay, white oak with tongue oil, make it and send it. A lot of times I literally put it in an envelope. A, a bubble mailer and just mail it to the client. Yeah, it's cheaper, faster, easier to just mail it. Yeah, for out. seven bucks, I can mail it. I can't drive down the street and back for seven bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we don't we don't really stock them. No, and it's we like don't... the ones we keep in there. Somebody comes to the shop and right, you know, wants to see some things. We have a couple different things. We have uh, mostly it's like cherry, white oak, sapelia, and walnut, and. Uh, that's probably it. Yeah, with, with a, couple a couple of rubios on yeah, there. Rubio, tongue oil, dark tongue oil, and that's really it. Yeah, we don't get crazy with the finishes. No. So, I mean, we've learned too. This we we try and stick to what we do best. Yep. Don't get too crazy. We uh, actually just got word today we're gonna be doing a job in um in the Rubio pre color intense black. Yeah. So it's gonna be. Black, black, <laughs> white oak, um, just completely black. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't think we can mess that one up. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. All right. So uh, is this the next question you were talking about here? What specific? Yeah. yeah. Yep. What specific design elements do you use for different styles of furniture? For example, what elements do you usually use in the modern style of furniture? From Wocheck, again, one of our patrons, and this was via YouTube. Well, you're the, you're the primary design guy, so I'll let you um, um, handle this one. Well, we have a couple of uh, things um, that we do like in the modern stuff. We, we like the, the slightly floating top. Mm-hmm. Um, Angular, sort of, uh, you know, with a nod to the to the east, to the mid-century. You know, all that stuff is is pretty well documented, and yep. you can kind of tell when it when it hits the mark. Mm-hmm. Simple, clean. Yeah, mostly you know, sort of unadorned. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I thought it was funny because I drew up that uh, console. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, it is modern. It's not traditionally modern. Like it doesn't no. just doesn't just only fit in the, yeah. in the mid century mold, or like the the Scandinavian, because that's what a lot of people kind of reference. You know? Yeah. Yep. Um. Because it's a, it's a mixture of, you know, all the things that we bring to the table personally. Mm-hmm. Um, you had those octagonal tapered legs, which, which was... is like a Welsh chair, <laughs> or like, a, you know, kind of stick stick furniture kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then the floating top yeah. with the undercut. And, uh... But in general, its lines speak of a clean, uh, sort of... Um, Almost universal design. Yeah, it's sort of just contemporary. Cause yeah, there's a better way to put it. It's nothing, you know, it's not mid-century modern. It's not uh, modern, modern. Blah, blah, blah. You know, one of the things that I like about mid-century, um, I got to do a little bit of it when I did um, these bunk beds and furniture out of bamboo is the way they place, like, window openings and things like that, where they stagger the rectangles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that element of of mid-century and modern work. Yep. Uh, sort of like the cloud lift is to, mm-hmm. um, you know, the green arts and crafts style. So, yeah, you know, all this stuff is pretty well documented. Yeah. And... It's like anything else. Uh, all musicians, you start out sort of, let's say you're a guitar player and you love Eric Clapton, you're going to try and learn Eric Clapton songs, you're going to be copying his style, even though you don't really know it. And then eventually you develop your own vocabulary. Right. Yeah, and you may have roots somewhere, but you, as you develop personally, you add your own uh, touches to it. And that's kind of where we are. Yeah, so what would you say are some more specific design elements like like uh so arts and crafts, uh, a tapered um, you know, tapering up to the top of a piece yeah, is a yeah. specific design element that that's going to be for that style. Um the rail and style of course with the flat panel and, Yeah. um you know, uh, for the most part proportion good proportions are good proportions. Yeah. Um and and modern stuff can be kind of low to the ground or mm-hmm. or raised off the ground. Like we've done both. Yeah, sort um, of like a tall and skinny or a, mm-hmm. or a low slung. Like when we did um, Samir's case work, we that was kind of you know extraordinarily low yeah. compared to most cabinets. Even that console is. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. I, let me see if I can put it on the screen. Um, media source. Okay. Local file. We're getting pretty, um, pretty deft with the technology. Yeah. OBS would like to access. Okay. Sure. You can access my computer. Where's my desktop? (laughs) Applications, downloads. No desktop? There it is. Go uh, with the one, this one, black legs. That's the yeah, one we're doing because that's the one uh, the client really likes. 
Where'd it go? Well, it's not working. That's a shame because it's that's a pretty sweet design. Yeah, you have to stay tuned. Hopefully, we build it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, semi-modern kind of stuff, contemporary arts and crafts. Those are the things we get called to do most of the time. Yeah. Um, you know that that kind of that white painted shaker thing. I'm glad we haven't shaker. Really, yeah, I always call that cottage. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't know why. Because I, to the me, the shaker door has been attributed to this whole like. I don't know. It's not none of that stuff is shaker style. No. I mean the shakers a lot. Most of their stuff was slab. I feel like. Yeah. They were real minimalists. I mean that was yeah. the whole thing. Um, it was really function mm-hmm. first. They were too busy praying. <laughs> and working. Yeah. I mean, talk about utilitarian. I mean, that, that was that was the key. They needed to have something that was, you make it good, make it once, make it last. Yeah. So they could get out in the field and bring in the crops and, and sew the clothes. Mm-hmm. People were busy. Yeah. So uh, that's a good question. And I uh, hope we uh, answered it sufficiently. Yeah. I uh, got another one here from Corey. If you guys were asked to start a TV show, what would it be about? Oh, man. CT Woodward. <laughs> I'm going to say probably like out of place objects, <laughs> uh, ancient alien phenomenon. <laughs> we might do some some reading of Yelp reviews. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would love to... Uh, have uh, you know bring back the the gripe of the week on the TV show and just mm-hmm. talk about how people stopped using their turn signals. Um, yeah, I mean we've been driving around a lot lately compared to you know most times. And it's horrific out there. It, it's it's insane. Nobody signals. People just pull out into fifty mile an hour traffic. Yeah, expect you to stop. This is my favorite thing. It happened to me on the way here, pulling into the shoulder and then driving down the shoulder as like, like it's a merge lane. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just, and nobody stops anymore. Like stop signs, especially coming out of a parking lot. It's, it's the just, rolling stop. It's, a, it's the wild west out there. Yeah. So, um, you know, I would I'd like to have like an Andy Rooney moment at the end of the show where I <laughs> over my head. Oh yeah. <laughs> so everybody knows the show sixty minutes. Yeah. At the, Andy Rooney's passed away, but he used to have this he was a um a TV personality and a writer, and he had this little two minute segment at the end of sixty minutes, and he would often talk about the idiosyncrasies of human nature or society or something. Like a little monologue at the end? Yes, yes. And he would often poke fun at himself as well. And he was quite an avid woodworker. So um, I think it's apropos that we pay homage to Andy Rooney Hmm. with uh, the two minutes at the end of the show. Yeah. And have the airing of grievances. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say all jokes aside, um, I think it would be cool, like a a show where 
Sort of like, um, remember when Alton Brown did that show where he traveled around? And he, oh, yeah, yeah. Something like that, but like going to visit different shops. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't even have to necessarily be furniture. Um, just other people who are craftspeople, you mm-hmm. know, whatever, your cheesemaker yeah. or a woodworker or a candle maker, glass blower, whatever. And we could eat different places. Yeah, because that's part of it too, you know. Be like a little travelogue. Yeah, where you maybe you go to like a region. And today we're doing, uh, you know, the Smoky Mountain. Mm-hmm. And you go to a couple different places, um, all sort of people who are m- makers of something. I like that. So if any of you have connections at uh, not History Channel, because they're up to no good with all these TV shows, yeah, maybe like a Nat Geo or a Discovery, yeah, put us in touch. I'm down. Oh, this is a good question here from Kevin, one of our patrons. He's Stelzer Furniture on Instagram, and he's probably run into this himself. What's your go-to doorstop for inset doors? Uh, we like... One of two things. The fast cap, um, eccentric Euro stops, I think they call mm-hmm. them. That's it. That, it sort of depends. Like, you have to have a flush bottom. Bottom has to be flush with the face frame or relatively close. Mm-hmm. They do sell tall ones, too. Um, that or just a wooden shop-made yep. sort of wooden stop with a little bumper on it. That's it. I can't add a thing to it. Those are those are our two that we use every single time, one or the other. Yeah. And those, the like, we barely even use the eccentric part of that stuff no. because it's just it's going to be flush to the back of the face frame. <laughs> yeah. That's why they're so easy. Yeah. You know, the thing I like about those, too, is it's a bumper and a stop all one, so yeah. the door has a nice... You don't have to account for any yeah, type of thickness. Satisfying kind of, you know, low thud when it hits. Yep. You know, not... I'm realizing I have a question uh, from a patron... From our actually one of our newest patrons that I didn't put on here. We're gonna have to hit that in the um, in the after show. All right, you want to look for it and read it? Uh, well, we'll hit it, we'll hit it in the right. in the Patreon one. Okay. What's next? Um, uh, bu- 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 we got one here from Brian Gray Point Woodworks on Instagram. Have you ever finished a job and had a client not like or hate the Oof. project? That that's like a fear. I would. I always, the night before we have to do the installation, I'm always filled with anxiety. Not so mm-hmm. much anymore. Um, there's something weird about having you as the partner now where it defrays 50% of the re- responsibility. Yeah, no, that's true. And when you work by yourself, it's all you. And so even though you're, you know, you're, I'm 100% responsible. You're 100% responsible. When it's when you're by yourself, you're 200%. Yeah, it's like 200%. And I can't, I could never like sleep the night before thinking, thinking, what if they don't like it? What if it doesn't fit? What if it's something goes wrong? What if this? Yeah, it's like when you have someone else, you go to the job, you can never be outnumbered by the client. Like, (laughs) like, well, what about this? It's like, well, you got two people, it's two against one to explain. sort of quell their their fears um and also we're very communicative throughout the process so we're i mean our our 
proposal is so thorough to begin with. Yeah. And then all through the process, we're sending photographs and talking and this and that. Yeah, if, if I have any shade of anxiety about a specific element where I'm like, I wonder if... Then I'm sending pictures. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's subversively where we want to get like, the <laughs> yeah, like see what they hey, say. Hey, check it out. I'm not saying anything about that one thing that's bothering me, but I want to see what they say. Right. If they say anything or whatever. Um, the, I can't think of a a job. The only one that was close to that was uh, Michelle's bet with uh, the color. Yeah. Yeah. She said we installed. And she says I thought it would be darker. Yeah. And we kind of just, uh, you know, said, no, this is it. And um, if you don't want it, we'll take it back. Well, that was that was also, that's kind of what happened at the end, too. We we assured her that as it aged, you know, it would deepen. Yeah. And we also, because, you know, it was such a, it was such a sweetheart deal. We thought, you know, well, well, we'll take it. You know, you don't have to pay for it. We'll just take it. Yeah. <laughs> Back. <laughs> we're going to auction it off for uh, charity. <laughs> that's a, So that's what we were going to do. But um, I'm pretty sure she's happy with it. Yeah. I uh, mean, maple, It it's going to darken yeah. for sure. Some yeah. maple looks like cherry. I know. Like, you ever see the stuff on Antiques Roadshow? Mm -hmm. And uh, one like, of those. maple. I'm like, maple? I uh, the first time he was talking about that, the you know the twin brother guys. Uh, I haven't watched uh, it in a while. I do like Antiques Roadshow. I though. can't remember their names, um, but he was like, "Yeah, this maple, blah blah blah." I'm like, "It was dark, dark brown mm -hmm. with like a little red in it." Hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's the great fear, isn't it? That the client hates. Yeah. I'm always like, even like the commercial install, I'm like, I'm waiting for a text to say like, oh, the, the, cause the ceiling was all whacked out. Like the, you know, the letters look like they're a little bit off. Yeah. You know, I'm just, uh, but that's part of like touching on that question we had last week about, um, like how does, how does our work, how has our work affected our like way of living kind of thing from, uh, um, was it Matt? Was that from Matt? I forget. Or no, from Parker. Um, I think it's just ingrained in us anyway. It has nothing to do with the work. It's just we have... Uh, <laughs> we're so paranoid. Yeah, we're like um, not we're low self-worth, but like uh, that imposter syndrome where it's never good enough. Like mm -hmm. what you did is, isn't, you know, you always, you're expecting them to pick out the, the one flaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would love to hear some stories though. Yeah. Um. I mean, we we've been around, you know. Again, working working uh, in Long Branch, we've been around. <laughs> I have one actually, in the house that we met, um, with the designer. Yeah, I won't say yeah. Her name. We had these closets on the second floor. I was still working as a finish carpenter at this point, and uh, the pitch of the roof was in the closet, and the, and it was only. I don't know. It was it was to nothing at the top of the you know at the ceiling of the closet. The angle was intersecting the wall, um, with no flat. So I had to put hanging rods, you know, which typically you put a like a piece of one by six on the wall and then put a shelf mm -hmm. on top of it and then put the bar between. So this I had to do like this. This try and there was no detailed drawings anything from this designer. No, that was her like way. a triangle attached to the ceiling that came down. And then I dadoed in a shelf that went across. Like imagine kind of like the tail of a plane. Like it almost like looked like that. 
And uh, she comes in. She's like, I hate it. I'm like, <laughs> like, well, we couldn't get any guidance from you. So this is what we came up with. Um, that's really the only yeah. one I could yeah. think of. Points for uh, subtlety. huh? Yeah. Like the cleat had on the wall because the wall was angled. I had to put a level cut on it. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. Fucking crazy. And knowing you, you agonized over this and did like the best job that anyone could ever do. I'm on site laminating plywood together, <laughs> run da stop dados in it. And I had to attach it to, uh, you know, uh, rafters with oh. pocket screws. And oh, man. You know, and then so I ended up having to like cut it and while it was in place, and it was a whole. Oh whole God, thing. that's funny. Yeah, with that Fugazi designer. I know. I I had my own run in with her when I was working out the the working drawings, and this was again one of the first jobs I was doing when I was in the office trying to, you know, uh, translate these drawings that she had given and <laughs> the measurements added up, you know, it'd be like 48, she'd show like some that's 48 inches and some that's 36 inches. And then at the top will be like 108 inches. You know? It's like, you know, these don't add up. I'm not here measuring. <laughs> I'm just writing stuff down. Yeah. <laughs> and that's probably where Tom learned how to measure. Yeah. <laughs> Two peas in a pod. Yes, indeed. Yeah, we got a jokester on this next one. All right. Do you use a center punch on your mark before drilling a hole? <laughs> That's Keith, uh, our good buddy Keith, pointing out the obvious from Blackthorn Concepts on Instagram. <laughs> I do when I when it's necessary. Um, it's funny. I, I got a couple people busting my balls. I posted a video yesterday using the um, the Montana Brad Point bit, you know, drilling a hole, and you know the hole comes out. It comes out so clean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but I missed my mark, and it's a weep hole on the bottom of the sign that we're making for Jack, yeah. the designer we work with. Um, so you're never gonna see it, and it, it doesn't matter. But <laughs> but I got a couple people busting my chops. <laughs> I'm filming with one hand, drilling with another yeah, hand, looking through the that's viewfinder. That's the other thing. He's, you, you know, what people don't understand is you're holding your phone yeah. up, looking through your phone and tr with your drill, trying to yeah. to spot that mark. So. It's hard. You get all discombobulated. Yeah, that's why. You know, your head isn't facing really necessarily <laughs> the direction you're going in. I like this one from another patron, Jaffa Jaffa Hernandez on Instagram. How many cardboard shims oh, is God. too many cardboard shims on a door hinge repair job? <laughs> that, that's your department there. Well, I'd say, all, all jokes aside, if the if you start to be able to see a gap between the hinge and the hinge mortise, um, then you've probably gone too far, and then you could get into bending the knuckles. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, if you understand what I'm saying, like, if you can stick something between the hinge and the mortise... Then you've gone too far. Yeah. You can get away with bringing the hinge out and still have some hinge in the mortise. Um, but I would even go from cardboard to aluminum shims. Mm. Um, we used to take, you know, aluminum stock for making flashings and cut it down into pieces that, you know, were the same size as the hinge hinge mortise. Yeah. And they, they don't compress. The problem with a cardboard shim is 
you know, you tighten down the uh, screws and unless it's fully compressed, it's like spongy. Yeah. So it's not going to stay where, you know, where you want it. Um, so that's one tip I have, but yeah, you don't want to be able to see a gap there. That's good. That's a good tip. Uh, this is from Manny. This next question. Manny's a deep thinker. Did you ever notice that about yeah. him? What's an opportunity you missed at some point in life that you wish you could have again? <laughs> Got a lot of snarky thoughts going through my head about whom and what I should have probably laid out on the ground at some point. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big uh, regret guy. Yeah. Um, now, since I've uh, almost, I'm, you know, about thirty years on, not quite, but you, my perspective has changed. I don't really like to um, live with regrets or anything like that because I'm a firm believer that you really never know what would happen if you would have taken a different road. Yeah, like we want to assume since we took A, if we would have taken B, things would have worked out better or Right, it's like the butterfly. You. It's like the butterfly effect. You don't know. Yeah. It could it could have gotten worse. Yeah, it could be it could have been a little upswing and then you could have been down right. completely. Um so the only thing I would say is as I've gotten older and sort of just settled down a little bit, you know, I've always been a pretty volatile person, especially in my youth. I'm sure you guys are all shocked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he volatile? <laughs> yeah. Um that when I was younger, you know, I if I would have liked to have if I could go back and do some things again, um, I would have liked to have had the the wherewithal to sort of be more patient mm -hmm. and see some things through, not be so uh, impulsive and hot headed and 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 make rash decisions because at the time you know they, they usually don't work out for you in the in a good way right i'm not saying things would have worked out any better but i would have liked to have at least had that uh ability to do that right like not going back to change the uh change the fate of what happened in your life but those specific moments right yeah, like yeah. you know if i could have just you know been a little bit uh more patient with things mm -hmm. and then let things unfold as they would have, yeah. you know, whether it's the same or different, but that's, that's what I would say. Yeah. Um, I guess I probably agree same sort of thing where I don't, I'm so content with my life now and the way things are going now that I can't see, uh, going back to change something like I'm, Man, if I had just, uh, you know, whatever, yeah. I, now I'd be a billionaire. Um, it's, I'm, I'm happy now, so um, I don't have, you know, dreams of changing anything in my past to change my present. Um, but, yeah, I mean, definitely situations where I was probably, you know, not a good person that I go back <laughs> right. and change. We could, uh, we could all that kind of stuff. do that a little bit better. Yeah. Everybody's got room for improvement there. I mean, for me, missed opportunities, I probably more on jobs where I'm like, man, I wish I had done this or wish mm -hmm. I had done that. Um, but, again, nothing so serious that I can remember. Yeah. You, know, you forget about it after the next job. That's right. And, um, you know... You, there's like I always said, 
when I was a kid, I used to think, oh, I want to be a veterinarian. And that was my whole focus. But then as my home life got disrupted, I didn't have the chance to go to school and those mm-hmm. things like that. And there was a time where I thought, man, how did, boy, my life got all screwed up and everything. But no matter what, it still led me to where I am now. Yeah. And life is good. Yep. So just like you, I agree. These things may have, if if there's whatever school philosophy you believe in fatalism or hard determinism or all these other things, we both got here into these chairs today for whatever reason and yeah. everything that led to it is is in place. I mean, could have grown up with silver spoons and, and be in the gutter dead That's as a right. drug addict. I mean, right. it's... <laughs> I always like to say, I could have had everything going for me. You come home and the wife's in bed with the pool boy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> then he kills you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so things turned out pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, we've touched on it before. Like, contentment is underrated. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, there's nothing better than being content because happiness is fleeting. Yeah. So if you're content with life, then, I mean, maybe I'm the crazy one, but. I don't think so. Uh, that's the way I see it. Um, and and things are really starting to break for us. Yeah. Um, yeah, knock on wood. Yeah, we, we've, we've been uh, fighting the good fight and, be, and been content and. You know, stuck to uh, you know our ideals mm-hmm. and things like that, and it, it's nice to see that. It, I think that adds to our contentment as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not always easy. I mean, in the beginning, we we must have sent fifteen bids to get one mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah. Now, you know, granted, we're getting less um, less inquiries. I'll say they're all they're quality, right? And it's almost a guarantee yeah. that we're going to get the job because yeah. people now, they already know what the deal is. Right. It's not like, hey, I, uh, I'm a designer in Rumson and I need a laundry cabinet and it's 96 <laughs> tall. And, blah, blah. and we're like, okay, it's going to be like, what? and they're like, Our, my budget was $850. <laughs> Those people aren't calling anymore. No, we, we've whittled away all the quantity and, and got 100% quality now. Yeah. So it, that which is exactly what we were trying to do. Yeah. Um, so that's great. Absolutely. You want to read this next one? Yes. So this is a, a sort of a, a long. We have we have a lot on this one. Um, this is from John. John, I don't know how to say your name on Instagram. J A L M A N N O J R. John. Jalma. Jamal Noor? I wonder if the J is silent. And his last name is not Alma. No. We don't know. It could be like J. Almano Jr. Oh, Jr. Yeah. I think his last name is Phillips. So so it doesn't fit. Anyway. We got to figure that one out. Yeah. John, you know who you are. Uh, So John writes in. Do you guys have any advice for me? I'm thinking about making a career move into the trades, carpentry. I'm a 31-year-old accountant from the southern New England area. Do you think it's too late for me? I am a hobbyist woodworker, been at it for about two to three years. Any advice you can share as far as skill building slash making myself more marketable to to potential employers? That would be great. 
Keep up the good work. Love the podcast. Wow. So we'll give our thoughts, but I actually I reached out to a couple buddies. Yeah. And and uh, who are all business owners, because um, I wanted to give you, you know, as much perspective as possible. Um, and I figured this would be a good way. These guys are all, you know. Well, if this uh, doesn't give you hope, John, I don't know what will. I was a hobbyist until I was 41. Mm -hmm. I did all sorts of things, as the listeners of the podcast know. Um, I was a musician for most of my life. Uh, and I also worked at a pretty high level as a chef. And... Once I didn't know, I didn't know what to do with myself. I just fell into cooking. <laughs> when when my music career uh, disintegrated, I really was at a loss. So I came back to New York and I started teaching high school. I moved out to New Jersey and we started fixing up our house. And I didn't know half of the things I needed to know, but... I, I had one job offer uh, to teach English on a maternity leave, and I just didn't feel like teaching English again. I was a history teacher, although I did teach English in the past. Um, and English as a second language. And Yes. <laughs> I, I did, it, did, it, did it all. Not all of it good, but... Um, and I just said, you know what? I'm going to make a sign. I'm going to put it out in front of my house... And I'm going to try making cabinets and things. And if it doesn't work, the worst that can happen is I'll go back to work in the restaurant. Mm -hmm. I can get a job in two minutes in the restaurant. You mean he's not on drugs? <laughs> Hired. Exactly. Speaks English? Yeah. <laughs> he's got a car and he's not on drugs? <laughs> right. You know, that's the one thing about working in a kitchen. You know, you might. If you're I, only a half. You only got half a brain. You're the star of the show, right? <laughs> I mean, I might have to take my first job or two beneath my uh, ability, but it doesn't matter. It's a job, and it'll yeah. bring home a paycheck. So I didn't have any fear there, and um, I built up my skills, and one job just turned into another, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it's it was a long road with plenty of mistakes, but plenty of learning, and here we are today. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you got plenty of time. That's my first point. Yeah. 31 is not old. Um, I got so lost in uh, your story. <laughs> in the back the story there. Um, well, I just want to touch on his age first. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I definitely don't think it's too too late. I mean, I got into, I feel like I got a late start. I got into um, carpentry at 20... 23 or 24. Um, and I had never really done anything before that. Mm -hmm. Obviously messed around with stupid stuff um, around the house and stuff like that, but never done any, never used a miter saw or anything like that. Um, and that's only, you know, I, I'm still learning so much that I, I'm not as far off as I was then. You know what I mean? Like, so between 24 and 31, like it's not, not a, a long time. Um, so I guess, uh, I don't know, maybe we give, give these guys opinion and then we can give ours. Yeah, sure. So yeah, I reached out, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 
seven guys, I said, uh, you know. These are all quality guys. Yeah. Um, And you can, I'm going to give you their Instagram and, you know, feel free to reach out to these guys. I know John is actually in New England, so maybe he can help you out. Um, And Sam and Freddie. Uh, So first we got uh, Luddy, Sir Luddy on Instagram. I asked, uh, um, as an employer, what are you looking for from when you're hiring someone who has, you know, little experience and what do you want to see after they're hired? Initiative and give a fuck. That's That's all anyone needs. Possess those two things and the rest will fall into place. My dad used to be a lead mechanic and service manager, and when he'd hire new guys, he'd literally ask them, are you worth a shit? (laughs) I mean, I tend to agree. Yeah. Um, When you have, when you don't have experience, Granted, you do have experience, John, but we're we're using that term loosely. You don't have any professional experience working, you know, um, with like a crew and stuff like that, especially if you're going to go into carpentry. Um, basically, they don't want you to have any... any uh, Bad habits, for one. Right, so you just need to be present, willing to learn, and, and care. Yeah. Show up on time. Mm-hmm. Don't be goofy. Yep. You know, have your own transportation. Be, you know, do what you're told. Keep your ears open and your mouth shut is the old phrase. Yeah. Um, and be be willing to do what's asked of you. Um, <laughs> makes me think a couple. Of, I mean, I, I was I had no fear because the, you know how like desperation at times uh, trumps fear. There were times I went into a job. I remember uh, one time when I had just moved into a new city and there was like a line of people waiting to, for this line cook job. And I went in there and I literally told the guy, I said, you could send everybody else home because you're not going to find anybody better than me out there. <laughs> he said, what? I said, just send everybody else home and hire me right now or you're missing your chance. <laughs> I got, I got. <laughs> this kid's got spunk. He's got spunk. He said, "All right, don't make me regret this." Oh man! <laughs> but you know, I was a real hustler, and like, especially if you come from the northeast, and this was out west. Mm-hmm. Just by nature, you were worth like at least back then. You were worth two westerners. You just your motor went at a different speed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's funny. I I love uh, Luddy's comments because that's really it. When I got in a position to hire, you got to look for the things that you can't, um, you know, that people have in them, like promptness and yep. attention to detail and mm-hmm. willingness to, you know, get their hands dirty. Yep. So uh, I guess I'll read uh, John's. Yeah. Comment J Walden two on Instagram. John says drive, motivation, initiative, willing slash want to learn. But the big one for me at least is common sense. There you go. You are worthless to me if you have no common sense. So John actually just fired, a, <laughs> a, you know the uh, I don't know if we'll say apprentice, but like the uh, the low guy on the the, the laborer. Uh, that he had. Um, now this guy, John, gave him very specific 
um, tasks to do. And, you know, this guy ended up doing something else and costing mm -hmm. him a lot of time and money. So Ugh. John's up there in Massachusetts, I believe. And uh, I don't know. Maybe you can hit him up, John. Yeah. I mean, I would rather have somebody ask me a question than do the wrong thing. Right. Yeah, this this kid put a bunch of two-by-fours through a window. Oh, God. They were supposed to go out a window opening, but they went through a closed window. That's, that's a lack of common sense there. With a, you know, 20-week lead time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Supply chain ain't what it used to be. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, next uh, one here is from Justin. Justin DePalm on Instagram. Willingness to learn and some common sense goes a long way. There it goes. Oh, and shows up on time. Uh, I so mean, these aren't these aren't insane demands. No. So maybe you see, John, that um, you know maybe your fears. I mean, you're an accountant, so you you must have some sort of head on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. Although I don't know that last. <laughs> you know. Um, so uh, you know, you could see that it doesn't take a lot to be qualified to get in and to impress, right? Um, that's it. You'll impress somebody with these qualities. Yeah. Some things that we think are just second nature. Mm-hmm. All right. Phrase from a book comes to mind. Humble, hungry, and smart. That's, uh, J.C.H. Cabinets on Instagram. Uh, the fellow's name is John. You may have heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Humble, I mean. hungry, smart. That says a lot. Hungry is is big. Um, I mean, how how can you be good at your job if you're not hungry? Yeah, yeah. Because we're still those things, and there's nobody really. Uh, you know, we account to each other and to ourselves, mm -hmm. but um, that that's the way you are. You're wired that way. Yeah, yeah. You want to be the guy who's been doing it for forty. I've been doing this the same way for forty years. <laughs> wrong yeah. 40 years. Have fun. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, chances are if you're doing something for 40 years the same way, you, you know, you're... You've been doing it the wrong yeah, way. You're out of step with what's going on now. Right. Even if it was right 40 years ago, it might not be right anymore. Yeah. You know, Longevity is not the, the be-all and end-all. Yeah, you think the Egyptians built the perfect pyramid? <laughs> no, we've had, you know... Man, when they build those... <laughs> Uh, five thousand years ago, thirty-five or thirty-five hundred years ago. It was three thousand BC. No, so it was like thirty. I think it was twenty-five hundred BC. Wow. Yeah. Holy cow! Don't even get me started on uh, Puma Punku. Yeah. Mm. This one is from Sal. Sal the Carpenter on Instagram. Reliable transportation, common sense. There see, it goes you guys see again. a theme developing. And they need to be trustworthy. Ugh. I'm in way too many expensive houses. I don't want to worry about that. They don't need to know anything, but have to be teachable. One other thing is most. Uh, one other thing is most I've had that think they know something. It somehow translates to them knowing everything, <laughs> and usually won't understand that I want something different and become a liability real fast. That's like that idea of Dunning Kruger, where you know, on a graph. Of perceived knowledge versus real knowledge. When you get a little <laughs> bit of knowledge, people think that they have all the knowledge, and then you actually find out that you have yeah. none. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, the theme is strong, isn't mm -hmm. it? It's 
You don't have to have the technical qualifications. Just if, be competent yeah. to get here. Yeah. Listen, ask questions, do right. what what you're told. It's like the the football player that impresses on special teams and how he works his way into the lineup because he's a great special teams player. Mm-hmm. If you can take the lunch order from the crew and bring it back and give everybody their change and just do that, you're going to impress people. And and yeah. listen, the low guy on the crew is going to you're going to have do, to do those shit. things. Yeah. Um, but if you do that well, people are going to notice. That's that's it. Yeah. All right. This is from uh, Sam McClure Design Build on Instagram. And he says, the couple employees I've had, I just always wish they wanted to be there. If you don't want to be there and learn, then leave. Yeah, I agree. I mean, John's got to be brimming with confidence now that he's hearing all this. Yeah. Now, all these things we're reading, these are guys that run crews that have a business. Yeah, these are all business guys who own their own businesses. Right. This isn't just speculation. Last one here, and I'll, I'll check my phone and see if any of these other guys wrote back. Uh, this is from Freddie, period craftsman on Instagram. Another good guy. Yeah, and another uh, New England guy. Show up on time, learn from your mistakes, listen and don't question, but be willing to give their opinion. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, whenever I was working with someone who I was in the more of like a mentorship role or the, you know, we'll call it Lee guy and, and helper, I always listened to the opinion of the other person. Mm-hmm. And you know what? A lot of times they were right. Yeah. Um, and that shows a lot. If you right. can... You can come up with a constructive idea in one of these situations while the guy who you're working uh, under is going to say, oh, wow, John really knows what the hell he's talking about. He's What do you think, John? We're going to bring these up because it could be just humping stuff up a staircase. What do you think? How should we do this? And you say, well, let's let's go around the back. And that way it's through the window. Yeah. It's not it's not magic, is it? No. You know, you'll pick up on all the technical aspects of the job. Let's say you get in with a finished crew. Well, you're going to be marking studs or cleaning up scraps. Mm-hmm. Or, but then, you know, the job they're seeing that the job site is clean and they don't have to worry about mm-hmm. this. And uh, John, go cut the go do the baseboard in the closet. It's just like Ask, the kitchen, isn't it? Right. Have you been paying attention? Did you see all the things that those guys were doing? You were watching them install, and you said. Hey Steve, uh, what is, what's that when you did did it that way? That's what it's all about. And and when you get home, you need to be learning right, and, right. and and taking what you saw all day and doing the homework that it takes to. I don't know what the dog's doing up there. Do the homework that it takes to actually learn from what you saw that yeah. day. Because there's plenty available now online, oh, easy resources. Uh, everything um, I know, I taught myself on YouTube. Yeah. Not everything, but. Most of what I know, I taught myself on YouTube. Um, same thing. I got into carpentry with no experience. You have more experience than I had. Yeah. And two years later, not even. I'm the lead finish guy. Right. And the, the only reason is because I listened. I asked questions. I took what I saw and I learned about it when I got home. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, if you take the initiative, then as long as you're, you know, have the physical capability of doing these things, which 
I mean, 99.9% of people do. Um, you shouldn't have any problems. Yeah, exactly. You know, you get your chores done and you go to the guy that you think is most receptive. Hey, Joe, can I give you a hand here? Mm-hmm. If Joe says no, go away. Then, then you go to gym, mm-hmm. you know, because there's not everybody's going to be <laughs> likable on a yeah. crew. And, um, that, again, I always relate it to my kitchen days because I started working in kitchens as a kid, as a dishwasher. I had no formal training. And as I got higher and higher in the ranks, everybody I, who were my peers, um, they all went to CIA and Johnson and Wales or, you know, some even went to Cordon Bleu and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I felt a little bit insecure because I had no training really except on the job. But I was always succeeding because nobody was going to outwork me. Yeah. And that was just it. Mm-hmm. And that because that's that's the one of the keys that these people are talking about here. Yeah, like, you know, you got the fast track education that those guys got in two years. You were picking it up working shoulder to shoulder with them. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to do this. That's right. <laughs> I wasn't above learning learning my secondhand school right. book education. Um, it's the same thing working on a crew. Yeah. You know, you might work with a guy, an old timer who's been doing this for 50 years. You got to soak up all that information, mm-hmm. but also don't take it as gospel. You got to go out on your own. And learn all the new stuff, you know, guys like John, you're getting into, you want to install cabinets, you got to find guys like John, JCA's cabinets, and go on their Instagram and soak up all the information that you can mm-hmm. about how to do things. You want to get into restoration, go on Freddie's page. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's all about, uh, who said it? John, hungry. You got to be hungry. I mean, that's it. It's all in your hands. Yeah, yeah. Um I mean, I I literally think um, if somebody had an ad looking for somebody, you could walk onto a job site and talk your way into a job Mm -hmm. with just the right attitude and just confess, this is how much I know, but I want to know more. And I'm I'm here to, I'm here for this job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, some of the best people I've ever uh, seen come onto jobs were people who came from other other um trades crafts not even trades just like people who were uh i'm trying to think what my helper what she did before i mean she had like a like a job job not like a. (laughs) (laughs) she was a professional yeah at something i forget what a white collar job she was just smart um and that's what it takes most of the time is just being having a good head on your shoulders yeah I'm happy to hear about somebody that wants to go into the trades. Um, there's this uh, guy making T-shirts and stuff like that now. I can't think of the name of the company. It's sort of like the modern tradesman or something like that. Sorry, say that again? There's a guy selling T-shirts and clothing, and I think it's called the modern tradesman. And... It popped up on uh, my Instagram feed as, like, one of the ads. Mm -hmm. And so I went to his website and I read about it. And he had a great backstory about how his dad was a master plumber. When he was a kid, he used to love going with his dad. Mm -hmm. And he thought his dad was like Superman because people were so thankful. You know, oh, you came and you um, unclogged the toilet or you fixed this leak and this and that. 
and he loved it. And then one day in, I guess it was junior high school, he talked about how he was installing a toilet, and then there was this shame attached to it. Uh, the kids making fun of him, and it took him a while to grow out of that mm -hmm. until he finally found his way back to the trades and plumbing. Hmm. And his whole thing is, I want to, you know, kind of create respect around the trades again because, yeah. you know, we experience, we don't really experience it in our end of things because we, we do kind of like high-endy stuff most of the time. But people who are in the trades do kind of get looked down upon by some. Yeah. And it's it's totally unfair. Absolutely. So I'm happy to hear of uh, the interest in it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you have uh, more specific questions, feel free to reach out. <laughs> oh, I just read the question of the week. That's a goodie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this week's question of the week, which we'll do on the uh, Patreon after show, comes from one of our patrons, actually, Danny Snyder. Danny's question, are there any occupations that you prefer not to work for regardless of the project, like doctors or lawyers? I personally avoid working for architects. I'll work with them, of course, but not for them on their own houses. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll be covering that at length, ad nauseum, in the after show. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the beer? I enjoyed it thoroughly. You know, it's kind of like up my alley, so to speak. Yeah. So I, I figured I was going to like it. It was good. Actually, I have a sip left. It's one of those beers that doesn't, I mean, it tastes good cold. It doesn't have to be super ice cold to no, still no. go down. Um, yeah, stouts like that even, you know, room temperature. I think that's the way the English even drink them. Yeah, I mean, they drink all, most beer like that. Um, room temp. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Uh, well, I mean, a little chocolatey. I wouldn't yeah. say crazy. No. And the vanilla, a little bit. Yeah. It, um, I don't know what else to say about it, except uh, I liked it. Mm -hmm. um, it was enjoyable. Like, I I could easily have uh, had another one. Didn't it, It's 6.5% alcohol by volume, and it's a... Small bottle, so it didn't. But it doesn't doesn't really feel that way. It doesn't feel. Uh, We're used to drinking can, big cans. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's something that uh, I might even pick up. Uh, you know, if I was in the store looking for a six yeah. pack, we got four still upstairs. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I give it a thumbs up, Grand Cacao. Yeah, me too. I like Trogues. I haven't had their Nugget Nectar. That's a good beer. Hmm. That comes out around February every year. All right, check it out. Yeah. Uh, we want to thank our gold-tier patrons, Jerry Greenan, David Murphy, Manny Siriani, Dustin Fair, Adam Pothas, David Shoemaker, and Colin Lai. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, we'll see you guys in the after show. Um, don't forget about the meetup, August 7th, 2.30 p.m. Put the uh, Facebook event link in the description. We only got a couple RSVPs. I don't mm -hmm. think anybody's uh, really using the the Facebook event thing. Yeah. But no, Go at least a, about a dozen dozen folks or so who are going to be coming. So, yeah, hope to see you guys there, and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care.